Well, Happy New Year. So good to see all of you, those who are joining us in person, those of you that are watching online. Uh, what a way to start a new year and to be in church and to kick off a brand new sermon series. And if you're a guest this morning, maybe this is your first time here, you came last week or maybe you came to one of our Christmas services and you saw the promo for this series and you came back, uh, we're just so glad to have you here. As you can see, we're a laid-back church and uh, we just love reading God's word. We love being in community with each other. We love serving those in our community as well. So if there's anything we can do, please don't re hesitate to reach out and let us know. Uh, my name's Tim. I get the privilege of being the lead pastor here. And today we are going to embark on a brand new journey as we walk through one of the 66 books of the Bible. And so maybe you've never been part of doing this before and systematically going through one of the books of the Bible and when you go through a book of the Bible, what it forces you to do is to pause and to read intentionally the words that God has given us. And as we pause and as we read intentionally the words that God has given us, we learn about who he is, which then helps us understand who we are and his purpose and plan for us on this earth. Does that make sense? And so we've been praying about this for a while, we've been studying this for a while, and so today we are going to be kicking off with the book of Genesis, which just happens to be the very first book of the Bible. Now as a church, we've been doing this for about the last five years, and uh, we've been going through different books, and so you can see here, here's all 66 books, the ones that are in green here we have already walked through. And so today we just felt 2023, with all that we've been through, all that's gone on the last three years, Let's hit the reset button. Anybody ready to hit the reset button? And let's go back to the very beginning, to the basics, because really in the book of Genesis, it sets up what the foundation is for all the other passages in Scripture. And there's some deep, deep theology. There's some doctrine, which is just really what we believe as a church. Those are fancy church words for what we believe as a church, which again helps us know who God is, but it also helps us know who we are, and then it gives us this incredible purpose and meaning for our lives on this, on this earth. So let me start by asking just a simple question. As you look at this, as you look at Genesis, what do you really know about Genesis? Creation. This is why we're doing the sermon series, if you're wondering, okay? <laughs> And I wanted, and this, was, this happened at 9 o'clock too. So those of you that are brand new, you, you don't know much about Genesis, you've never been to church before, these are church people. A lot of these people have been in church before. Obviously, they're still thinking about what they remember about Genesis. But this is what I love because we're all in the same place. And so if you've never read Scripture before, you are in the right place. And not only so, I would say this, I hope that you would commit to being here all month long. If you're checking us out, if you're wondering if this is a church that you would want to call home, that you literally give us an entire month because by the end of this month, you'll get a true picture of who we are, the way we communicate, what we believe uh, to be true of the scriptures. So let's try this again now you've had more time to think. What do you really know about Genesis? Adam and Eve, creation, the flood. Oh, and by the way, if you're a guest, I'm okay if the congregation responds back to me, okay? I probably should have said that in the introductory remarks as well. If you're watching online, this is why people will open the chat and comment in the chat because we're fine with that and following along in that way as well. How many chapters in Genesis? Who knows? Somebody said four. No. <laughs> 23. 
Nobody knows. We're getting closer. 50. Who said 50? You're the one. Oh, you said, did you look? Oh, she looked. (laughs) 50 chapters, which those of you with accounting minds are going, 50? How is he going to pull this off? I'll show you in a moment. So not only are we going to go through Genesis, the other big question that that often gets asked is, why are we going through this book of the Bible? Why did you pick this book? And I'll tell you, it's through much prayer. It's talking with our team here at the church. It's talking with those who are part of Shepherd's Gate. It's seeing what's going on in our culture and our world and truly being led by the Holy Spirit and saying, God, what is it that you would want us to walk through? What is it that you would want us to communicate in our time and in our day and in our age? What are the things that we need to hear to help us, to give us the tools to navigate this earth that you have placed us on? Because I know this to be true. There are a lot of distractions in our world. Amen? And so maybe this will help us just a little bit. And just so you know, there's just so much in Genesis. There's so many things uh, that have to be discussed. But if we don't understand why that we're going through this, then we're simply going through and just learning more information. And we're downloading information if it never actually captures our heart and becomes transformational in our lives. And I can tell you this, there is a war going on. There is a battle going on for the hearts and minds of people of all ages. See, there is a devil, and we're going to learn all about him and and where he starts in a few weeks when we get into Genesis chapter 3, but he wants nothing more than to kill and to steal and destroy us. In fact, when you become a follower of Jesus, he paints a bullseye on your back. When you are married together, he paints a bullseye in your marriage. When you start having kids, believe it or not, he wants to destroy your family. And so he paints another bullseye at your family. But here's the thing, he's been around for a long time and he's very crafty and he's very good at what he does. And so that's why it's important to be in church. That's why it's important to go to the word of God and to say, wait, 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 this is what I'm hearing. God, what is it that you say? Or this is what I'm reading, but God, what is it that you say? Or here's what the trends seem to be, but wait a second, no God, what is it that you established right from the very beginning? Now, I'm going to tell you something, because this is kind of what's been going on in our culture. It's been going on in our culture for a long time. I've been here at Shepherd's Gate for a long time, and I started off as the student director. And this isn't any different than than the way it was previously, uh, before I became the lead pastor here. And so when you look at young families, when you look at the next generation, you look at millennials and Gen Zs in particular that are are bringing up their, their kids... Uh, when you, if you were to prioritize, if, you, if I was to look at your Google Calendar, these are kind of the way that we kind of just structure our lives, okay? I think we just got to admit that this is kind of like the priorities that we have. And so often it's, oops, I forgot to write kids. So it's our kids, it's their sports, or their activities that are first. Got quiet in here. Can we just admit it? You know why? Because the, world, because the world's frustrating and, and there's so many other things that, that are going on that, that this actually brings us joyous parents, right? We want to see our kids succeed. We want them to be on teams. We want them to, to be part of clubs. 
It's not a bad thing. These are good things. And the reason that this has become such a priority for us as parents, and I'm in this ballgame as well, is do you know why? It's because this costs a lot of money. (laughs) Let's just be real, right? So so we invest in this, and of course we're going to want to make sure that that they're at their practices, they're at their games, that they're doing those things. The next thing that, that we invest in as parents is education. Now I can't spell. I'm going to go back to school. All right. Why do we invest in education? Well, because they got to be educated. We don't want them living in our house forever. They need to get good grades. We're hoping they get scholarships. We want to send them off to college. We want them to get jobs and houses. That We want them to produce us grandchildren one day. So, of course, education. The third, I would say, is this. And trust me, throughout this whole series, you have freedom to disagree with me. This is just how I see things playing out. The third, I would say, is family experiences. Experiences. Close enough. (laughs) Do you know how I know this? Because of social media. Who doesn't want, that's raising kids right now, me included, to have experiences? I wasn't in church last week because my wife booked us to go skiing up at Shanty Creek with some other families way back in the middle of the summer. And so we got to go and have an experience and be on the ski slopes and do all these fun things. Most of us, let's be honest, we spent our winters, because it's dark and it's cold and it's gray, planning our trips for the spring and the summer. We want to have family experiences. And then the last, of course, if we're planning our calendars, if we're truly honest this morning, is church. Okay, do I have time for church? Does church fit into this? Can I make it to church? What does that look like? Is it Sunday mornings? Do I have my kids in the kids' program? If I have teenagers, are they in the youth program? Can they go on a trip? Can they not go on a trip? And don't misunderstand me. This isn't mean that God is not first in your life or that God is not the center of your heart or your home. It's just in the way that we prioritize things. So, young families, are, do you agree that maybe this is kind of, kind of the way that things are in the society that we live in? Now, I also know that there's boomers out here in builder generation. You're like, that. you give it to them, Tim. You go, yeah. <laughs> Beat them up. Uh, my generation, we were always in church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> let's pick on the boomers and the builders for a moment. What do you think they're first? their first issue is work. Oh man, who said it? Who said it? Someone that's got a, someone that's got a parent that's a boomer. Okay. Work or retirement. And all they talk about is, oh, I want to stop, I want to stop uh, working so I can retire, but I can't retire because I don't have enough money to work, retire, retire, work. Some retire, but they don't ever retire. And why? Because they're worried about money. Why are they worried about money? Because their second one is this. You ready for this? Their own experiences. Oh, but I worked so hard in my 401k and I saved and I did everything you were supposed to do. So I want to go on my cruises. I want to go on my trips. I want to plan this, 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 this. I only got 10, 15, maybe 20 years left on the planet. I want to make sure that I have my own experiences. Come on, millennials and Gen Zs, help me out here. You know this is true. The third thing I would say is this, is their family. Because you know how many parents that I talk to that are empty nesters? 
And they say they're frustrated with their kids and grandkids. They're frustrated with their kids because I got up on Sunday morning, I took my kids to church, I put them in Sunday school, I did this, I did that. Why aren't they doing what was modeled for them? And because they're not doing what's modeled, they're also bleeding over into their grandkids. Now, there was a rumor going around Shepherd's Gate. I need to ask some of you if this is true. That, and I'm not a grandparent, so I don't know, but sometimes grandparents love their grandkids more than their kids. <laughs> is this a true? I don't know if it's biblical. But truth be told, your heart is broken because of this. And then we'll, we'll even the score here, we'll put church down at the end. Because a lot of people now, as they move into retirement, as they're doing these experiences, that they're trying to figure out how to navigate their family, it, it's, just, it's just this slow seeping away. And we live in a culture and a time when this idea of being in church on a regular basis, it it's, doesn't exist as much as it existed 20 years ago, 30 years, 40 years ago. And hear me, I'm just pointing out what, what the trends are, what we see taking place. And so you say, maybe this would be an opportune time again to go back to the beginning, to go back to the first book of the Bible and to say, okay, God, we're all getting a reset. We all get to start over. And what is it, God, that, that you would be stirring in our hearts, in our time, in how you would want us to live our lives. I know some of you are asking, well, what about the Gen X generation? I just want you to know, because I'm a Gen Xer, we're perfect, so I purposely, because um, there's not many of us in this church, I don't know why, we're that forgotten generation in the middle, and we never get credit for anything, so Gen Xers, you can just figure out where you're at in between these two. This is why we're going through it, because we know the devil is real, and he continues to bring disruptions to our lives. In fact, these are the first words that he speaks in scriptures. In scripture, he said this, did God really say blank? And I guarantee you 100% of the problems that we face today in this life is because the devil is on our shoulder, the devil is in our ear, and he says these words, did God really say? And that begins the dismantling of humans, begins the dismantling of marriages, of families, and even in the conduct in the way that we are to live our lives. Does that make sense to you? All right, so this is what it looks like. For the next three months, Genesis chapter 12, we're calling it the prologue, it's going to go January to the end of March. There's going to be 13 messages, and we are going to get through the first nine chapters of Genesis. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> and you're like, wait, 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 didn't you tell me there was 50 chapters? Well, hold on. The reason there's 13 is because we are also going to include this in Ash Wednesday. So Ash Wednesday will have a text from Genesis as part of our series. We will then pause, and the reason we're going to pause after three months is because it's going to be a very intense three months of teaching and preaching because of Holy Week. So we're going to get a reprieve for Holy Week for Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter we will then start Genesis back up again in September, and we will get through uh, chapters 10 to 21 in September and November. Does that make sense? Now, again, you're like, well, what about the other chapters? What we're going to do, this is why you have to be committed for the long haul, because in 2024, 
we will break up Genesis again in two parts, and we will get through all 50 chapters of Genesis. How's that sound? Some of you are like, I'm not coming back to this church ever again. All right. Now, again, this is also important, and I get it. Today's a little bit different sermon. It's like, you know, going to the first day of high school, going to the first day of college where you get a syllabus, and so this is kind of a lot of a syllabus training. Uh, but many of you, you want to know this question. You want, you want to know the answer to this question as well. Well, how are we going to go through Genesis? Because maybe you have a little bit of knowledge or you know there's some sticky points or some tough topics in there. What is it that we're going to do? I want to know if this is going to be my church, how are we going to do it? And so this is what we're committed to doing as a team is that we are going to go through Genesis with grace and with truth. Okay, I'm going to say it again. We're going to go through Genesis with grace and with truth. See, John put it this way when he started his gospel. He said, the word, which is Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We just celebrated this last Christmas. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of what? So if Jesus is full of grace and truth, the church should be full of grace and truth. Psalm 86, but you, O Lord, are what? You are a merciful and gracious God. You are slow to anger. You are abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And see, this is where sometimes people get it wrong. They think, oh, we're just going to get out the King James Bible and beat people over the head and make people feel awful. And No, 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 we're going to go through with grace because we have received grace. All of us in here are major, major sinners, me included. I cling to the cross. I cling to the grace of God and what he has done for me and and paying for my sins and and the sins of the world. We all need God's grace. But it doesn't mean that you have to back away from speaking or preaching the truth. These are the words of Jesus. Jesus said these words. I am the way and, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, that is a harsh statement for a lot of people. When you start looking at other religions, you start looking at other belief systems, I mean, people struggle with this. But if we're going to truly dig in and believe that Jesus is the truth and that we're going to model and form our lives after him, we have got to get to know who he is. And we do that by digging into his word. And so our prayer as a team, this is honestly our prayer for every single person who go on this three-month journey with us. This is our prayer. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. And so our prayer is that 2023 will be an incredible year for you. That it'll be an incredible year for, yes, your family as you raise your kids, for your marriage, for all the facets and vacations and all the fun things that maybe you have planned that are coming up. But our prayer is also that you would draw closer to the heart of God like never before. That your relationship with him would be strengthened like never before. And not only your relationship, but the relationship that you have with God in your home and the relationship that your own kids have with God. That's our heart's desire. But I have to give you a warning. If you've never read Genesis, if you're unfamiliar with it, there are some stories and some accounts, real-life accounts of real people who made some huge mistakes. 
And there are some scriptures that are going to force us to have to talk about some difficult topics. And so if you're a parent and you have kids, we wanted you to know this. Today is not a PG-13 sermon, but starting next week and throughout the next few months, it will be. And so we would encourage you to send your kids to our kids program at 1045. Here's the way that we're structured at Shepherd's Gate. Our kids in the kids program walk through the same scriptures that we walk through here on Sunday morning, but they do it at an age-appropriate stage. And so what they're going to be doing is they're going to be teaching them the same thing we are, but it'll be G. Because of the content, because of going through a book of the Bible, we just want you to be warned now. And so you'll have to decide as an individual, as a family, how you want to navigate that. Again, I can tell you for myself, my wife and I in our conversations, we have a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. Our nine-year-old is in church this morning. And so we're saying, which sermons do we want them both to be at? Which ones do we just want the 12-year-old to be at? Or do we want them to be at both? Uh, weeks. And the way that you find this out, the way that you're able to do this is because all of the things that we are covering are actually found on our app and our website before you ever come here on Sunday morning. So you can look and you can read the passage that we will be covering before you ever step foot in church and you can decide as a parent, do I want my kid to be part of going through this passage or do I want to put them in the kids program? Does that make sense to everyone? Okay, just wanted to give you the warning. The final thing when it comes to grace and truth, because this is really, really, really important. This kind of just solidifies it and it kind of just helps bring clarity to it. When it comes to our relationship with God, when it comes to understanding scripture and how we're going to walk through this, you're going to hear this phrase over and over and over again, that whatever God creates, the devil counterfeits. Remember, if he's after to to kill, steal, and destroy you, then what he's going to do is figure out a way to slowly but surely surely get you away from God and the teachings of God, and he's going to try to get you to think that this is the correct way. The Bible actually calls him the father of lies. I mean, think of that. His job is to lie all day, every day. He's a miserable, he's just a miserable being, and he wants nothing more again than to destroy you. When it comes to our relationships with others, people in our lives that don't agree with us, you might be sitting here and you're like, I don't know if I buy into this. I don't know if I buy into you, Tim. I don't know, you know, if I really agree with all of this. This is how we're going to handle our relationships with others is that we will never look into the eyes of someone God does not love. We will never, ever, ever cease to keep relationships with people in our families, in our places of work, in our neighborhoods, wherever it may be, because God loves people, we love people, even people that disagree with us on matters that are mentioned in the Bible. Amen? All right, so these are all the ground rules. Is everybody good with this? How did you do? You did, you did great on your first day of class. I mean, this is incredible. You've got to make sure you come back. And so today, as we look at the very first book, the very first chapter the very first verse, it simply says this. In the beginning. In the beginning. That we now are going to hear God explain to us how this whole world that we live in has come to being. Because in the beginning, there was God. He's eternal. He always has been and he always will be. He is the creator, and he unfolds 
a beautiful story for us in how he created the entire world. And so parents, this is what your kids are learning right now. It is so important that they hear you say this on the ride home or sometime this week. You tell them God created the world and God created you. And so Ashley's going to help us out as we read through the rest of these passages. Genesis 1, 1 through 25. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds 
and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Ready for your point this morning? Ready to, walk, to know what to walk out with today? Ready for this? In the beginning, God created everything. Doesn't it, can you just take a deep breath? You'd be so at peace with that. God, you are the creator. You are our foundation. You are the alpha and the omega. You're the beginning and the end. And truly, as we go through this, this is our heart's desire, is that you hunger for God, that the Holy Spirit's going to stir something in you to not want to miss, to want to be a part of what's going on. And I get it, there's schedules, there's things, there's activities. But here's what we would challenge you with. If you want to hunger after God, if you feel that hunger, if you feel the Holy Spirit stirring that in your heart, would you commit to being in church every week, and if you can't be here, to make sure that you watch online. And if you can't watch live online, it would be a beautiful part of the technology and the incredible volunteers that we have is you can watch on demand. But that the next three months, for the next 12 sermons, that you're going to commit to being part of this process as we walk through these first nine chapters of Genesis. The second challenge would be this, is that you would just find a quiet time by yourself every week. Whatever that looks like for you, if that's a car ride, if there's a chair in the house, if you have to, if you got like a hundred kids and you got to hide in a closet, <laughs> you figure it out. Put it on your calendar like you do everything else. And when the buzzer, when the alarm goes off, say, no, whatever it is, if it's five minutes, it's five minutes. God, I want to, I want to know you. I want to draw close to you. I want to hear what it is that you have for me. And folks, you know this is a big one for us as well, is that we're going to invest in our families. That we're going to give you the tools and the resources to have these faith talks in the home. You know, we can do as much as we can do, and we can try as hard as we can try here from the pulpit and with our kids program that's going on right now. But man, let me tell you this, what happens in your home is the number one way for faith to be handed down to the next generation. And I get it, some of you parents, you're like, I've never done this before, I don't know the books of the Bible, I don't know Genesis, I don't have a Bible background, I don't have a church background. Here's what I love about our church. We are going to give you everything that you need to take that first step. And it's easy as going on our app, downloading our app. You can see the reading plan that I talked about a few minutes ago. You'll know what the passages are that are coming up. These car ride, couch side questions that you can engage your kids with during the week. Find out where they're at. You might be surprised the way that they answer some of these questions. And of course, the dig deeper questions for those of you that would like to go deeper into this series, which one last announcement, we will be able to do that on Wednesday nights. And so if you're in that season of life and you want to dig deeper, we would invite you back on Wednesday nights for Gather at the Gate. There's more information on our website. But this is what I'm asking you today. On the first day, Genesis Will you come along this journey with us? Will you take time today to figure out how this can become a priority in your life the next three months? And more importantly, do you see the value that this is going to add to your walk with the Lord? What do you say? Uh, all right.
Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for everyone that's here this morning, those that are watching online, those that may be watching later on demand. God, we know that no one is here on accident, that you have us here for a purpose. And it is you that is speaking into the deep parts of our minds and our hearts. And so I just pray as we kick off this series, as we learn more about you, as we learn more about ourselves, that God, you will give us that hunger, that it's your Holy Spirit that will stir that in such a way inside of us to want to learn, to want to grow, to want to maybe pray for the first time with our families or to to go and to ask questions or to have those spiritual conversations because this too is also part of our lives. So God, we're just praying for tiny miracles to happen these next three months that we're going to hear testimony after testimony of the way that you're going to lead and guide us. God, we just love you. We thank you. We dedicate this series to you. We pray all these things in your son's most holy and precious name.